Okay. So, <laughs> okay. So I, we're gonna get through this, and I'm gonna be real profesh right now. Watch it. Watch. Watch. Watch it happen. Listen. Okay. So annotated bibliographies is not one of those things that is like an assignment that Weber State gives you just to drive you slowly crazy. That this is not one of those things. You will run into an annotated bib in the future. It is absolutely a skill that you have to have, and it is absolutely one of those things that this class is created for, to teach you how to do for all of your other classes. The thing about an annotated bib is it's kind of the go-between, like when you're doing formal research in grad school, right? Your research will always have three formal parts, okay? The first is where you figure out what educated people have already researched and submitted on that topic. What assignment would that be that we've already done? Literature. A literature review, right? So you will have to, for serious research, submit a literature review before you even begin, right? Then after you submit a literature review, then you would submit formally your research question and identify the parameters of your research, right? Then you'd go about your scholarly research. Will you shut that door for me, Liam? Thank you so much. You go about your scholarly research, right? And once you're done with your research, you would create what's called an annotated bibliography. And that's basically just saying, here are the sources that I use for my research, and you're just basically, a, it's a full disclosure situation where your audience for the annotated bib is other scholars who are researching the same topic where you know when you learn in science class, right, that experiments are only as good as far as they are recreatable, right? You learn that? Mm -hmm. Duplicatable, right? That like the whole process has to be duplicatable in, for, in order for it to be viable, right? So this is part of the scientific process but in academic language, right? So we talk about the research that we've done and why we've done it and why we've included certain sources. Then and only then after the annotated bib, I don't have any stuff today, guys. Oh, he, didn't, he didn't even stop over there this time. He just smells it's important. I filled that up just for you. But here's the problem. I think that it smells a little bit like the mints that it was also stored next to. So you tell me if it's passable. You know what I mean? Did you guys need candy too? You're sure? Okay. They never ever, like I offer it every time and they never do. You think I'm scary? Am I scary? What? Am I scary? Do you think I'm scary? No, why? Okay, see? Take that, Marcus. You gotta ask them that to hide that too and just like fake them out with deja. Please do not. It's totally empty, man, sorry. All right, have a good one. Will you shut that door for me? Thank you so much. Okay, so most of the time formal research will be in those three steps in that order. Then you would complete your research and you would have an annotated bib that's like attached to your research paper. And in that way, in your research paper, you don't have to do all the formal introduction of stuff so heavily because you've already done it in the annotated bib and it's meant to go together, right? But sometimes your teacher might just assign one of those components for the purposes of their assignment, right? So I've done in grad school, I had a teacher who only assigned annotated bibs. And you have to go find sources that were pertinent to the topic and annotate those sources, right? So, so it, it can be all or pieces of this research process that will be assigned to you. What's important to know about annotated bibs is they're ubiquitous in the way that 
every style guide has an annotated bib and every style guide has a way that you're supposed to. So it used to be that in 1010 you did an MLA style annotated bib and then in 2010 you do an APA style annotated bib because they are slightly different. But they're similar enough that it's hard to justify doing it twice. So we're just doing it once in 2010, right? So annotated bib, the idea here is basically is, is pretty straightforward. The concept of an annotated bib is annotation means to take notes, right? And bibliography means a list of your sources, right? So this is notes on your sources. That's literally what it is, okay? And it's it's you can be asked to do it a lot of different ways. The way that we're doing it is the most comprehensive way, just so you're prepped to do it in any way, shape, or form. But the end of the day, what your professor asks for and what components your professor asks for is what you do. Don't go arguing and say that your 2010 teacher said it had to be this way. You just do what they ask. I'm just trying to give you the most comprehensive experience with it so you're used to it. So far, so good? Okay. Um, basically, your audience for this annotated bibliography is somebody else who's also researching the same topic. Somebody of your educational level who's researching the same topic. Um, when it comes to annotated bibliography, there are certain components to it. The first, your first job in terms of an annotated bib, Emad, I know you're looking straight up there, right? Yeah. Your first job is the, for the annotated bib is to give an overview of what the source is actually about. That's the real straightforward stuff, right? But you also need to give an overview of why the source, number one, why it's credible and usable, and number two, why it fits into your research in your paper, right? So there's, there's a lot of points that you have to assess and communicate and disclose every single time, no exceptions. Okay, yeah. So for this, do we have to like be over specific, like the grammar thing, being like explaining what everything means? I'll get into that. I'll get right into that, but that's a great question. We'll get into that. Um, okay, so again, you are doing eight annotations for eight different sources, unless you're Daniel and is trying to prove a point to me about his topic, and then it's 10, okay? Just remember that last year, <laughs> last year, uh, it was 10 sources, and the year before that, it was 12. So like, your life is not that hard, calm down. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, calm right down. Was it like eight scholarly sources? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so, Here's what's weird, so an annotated bib does fit into like the pantheon of research components, which is lit review, then annotated bib, then research paper, right? But it should also be able to stand on its own. It should be able to stand, somebody should be able to read your, your annotated bib and understand your topic, right? So with that being the case, Emad, I genuinely wanna see just you looking up here. That's it, nope. I should not have to babysit you guys about being nice students and appropriate. Okay, yeah, thank you for that. Okay, so keep in mind that this will still have to be in APA format, still gonna have to do all of the stuff that you've done before, but I will tell you this, and this is the honest truth about the annotated bib. It's a very difficult assignment if you don't have me in your corner, right? Because I've already forced you, just really strong-armed you, into making sure that you have all the components for this. So literally all you're gonna do is take your separate puzzle pieces and put them together for this assignment. So in terms of ease, this is the easiest assignment that we do. But just know that if you're assigned an annotated bib that I didn't scaffold for you, don't go into it being like, it'll take me 30 minutes, because it's not going to be that without me having forced you to already do all the work, all the heavy lifting of it 
weeks before, right? So don't, if this, it's easy the way that I've set it up, but the way that I've set it up comes from years of experience getting children to write annotated bibs, right? But don't take that into your brain and tell, tell yourself that this is going to be easy if you don't have me forcing you to do outlines. Does that make sense? Okay, but this is about the time of the class when you realize that literally everything I've done has a purpose and is genius, to be honest. Like this is about, this is about the time when you realize that you really lucked out. That's all I'm saying, that, that this is about that time, if you haven't already realized that already. Um, okay, so the basically an annotated bibliography is super straightforward. You're gonna do a, a references page that's all eight references that will go at the end of research paper two. Once you're done with that references page, then you're gonna make a copy of that document and you are gonna create an annotation below each reference. That's it, you're just gonna basically shove a paragraph in after every single reference. So far so good? Okay, so the writing rules still apply for this paper, clear and concise, no vague language, completely mechanic, free of mechanical errors, there's one exception to the writing rules that we've talked about so far, and we'll get to that in a second. But what's really important to know is that if, if you are gonna skimp on your writing, like on having great writing, it still has to be correct writing and college level writing. But don't put your heart and soul into this writing because this is a very formulaic and like technical assignment, okay? Save your good writing for research paper too. So if you're thinking to yourself, like I've got to ration out my effort, this is the thing that you phone in. Not because you can normally phone it in, but because I've already prepared you for this assignment if you've done what I've asked you to do, okay? So again, one annotation per paragraph in APA, but here's the thing that I don't like about it and see if you can foresee the issues that will arise with this situation. So I think that this is super stupid, but Weber State wants you to do an introduction at the beginning of your annotated bib, even though it's not really part of the APA formatting for it, but whatever. They want you to do an introductory paragraph and that introductory paragraph should talk about your overall research claim and talk about how your sources uh, basically prove your claim. Do you foresee problems with that? I see what? So you're just restating the same thing there just to do it again eight more times. Well, you're not doing this overall but discussion the, of your claim. But the plans for use part, right? Kind of, yeah. I mean, it's just the overall, like, talking about how the sources provide an overall understanding. That's just a real big, like, you know, flyover general's message right and each individual one is this source goes in this heading for this yeah. reason do you know what I'm saying so that's not quite it what can you foresee what what do you still have to write about these eight sources yeah right so this is basically your introduction for also your research paper too so what problems do you foresee with that yeah you get it you're, you're gonna set off the plagiarism checker if you use the same introduction for both things. So, so here's what you do. You write a glorious, unbelievable introduction, and then you copy and paste that into the document that will be your research paper too. Yes. Awesome. And then you basically do a sad, dilapidated version of that intro for the annotated bib. Do you understand what oh. I'm saying here? So you save your best writing for research paper too, right? Because this has to go through the software. Save your best writing for research paper two. Give your best 70% writing for annotated bib. 
So it has to be completely free of errors and stuff. But like in terms of brilliance and putting your soul into it, if this is not that assignment. Does that make sense? So far so good? Okay. And you'll see why more in a second. Okay. Yeah. No, because remember an annotated bib is meant to like accompany your research paper. Yeah. So, but yeah, that's a great question. Okay. So there's two parts to your annotations and you'll start to notice that all of these parts correspond directly with the boxes on the outlines that I have strong armed you into creating. Yes. Okay. So first you have to talk about the credibility of the author. Well, technically first you need to say what type of source it is and classify it. Then you need to talk about the credibility of the author, the credibility of the outlet, and evaluate the credibility in terms of date, in terms of its recency, right? So you already have all that information. Literally all you're doing is taking those pieces, putting them together in a paragraph form. So far so good? Then the other part of the annotation is that you need to tell the reader what the source actually says. What's the message of the source? What are the major ideas of it? And then specifically how you plan to use it in your research paper specifically. Okay, so there's fancy Englishy words for all these things that we're doing and we'll get to that in a second, right? Um, so again, you're talking about the type of source, author, outlet, publication, major ideas, and the specific use. You could technically put all of these pieces of information in in any order that you want, but here's what you're going to do. You're going to like want to do a really nice job on the first three, but by the time you're at seven and eight, you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna be tired of this formula. You know what I'm saying? So just my advice to you is put the information in the same order every time. It's basically you're churning out really low level, basically a math problem, but with words. Yes? So for the paragraph after the reference, do you want just one huge paragraph? We're going to talk all about it. We're going to talk all about it. Okay. So these are the components, and you'll recognize that these components I have forced you to make, right, either on your outline page for each of your sources or everyone take out your yellow page hold it up Kaylee. <coughs> take out your yellow page genuinely take it out take it out I thought I lost something feel that okay so on this yellow sheet, you can see that I force you to kind of outline your paper in a very, very quick outline, right? Mm -hmm. So at the very top of the back of your yellow page, you'll see that I forced an outline on you, right? That information is going to be helpful, but it's not going to be as specific as you need to be when it comes to your talking about how this paper is going to be incorporated into how this source is going to be incorporated into your paper, right? So what are you going to have to do technically before you create your annotated bib? Think about it. What are you going to have to do before you create your annotated bib? Look at all your sources. You're going to have to know exactly where the sources fit in and why, right? How would you go about doing that? You number them in these boxes. You number them in these neat boxes that are already there. There's a thing in place that's really helpful for this exact problem. What should we do before we do the annotated bib then, friends? Was that, it's the outline. You get it. Okay. So let me just go over this for you real, real quick. And, and, and all of your eyes should be looking up here, Ty. So I think I have a new project. Okay. 
Okay. <clears throat> this be us today, okay? The next time you walk into class, you're going to turn in two things. The source requirements page, which isn't a problem since you've already filled that out because I reminded you every single day for three weeks about it. <laughs> right? Every single class day. Then you're also going to turn in your full outline for research paper two. Again, why would we need to do an outline for research paper two when we don't even start writing it for freaking three weeks? Why would we need to do the outline for that paper right now? Oops. <laughs> I was hoping for like a way. There you go. Right. So. Round of applause for that. You guys are really like excited about this podcast thing. I feel like it might be a missed opportunity that I have purposefully not recorded anything in this class. Really really so I'm saying. No, I, this is the second segment. Oh, I was like, no way, you only have two minutes. That's why you said it's on the recording, and I said, no, it's not, because I just stopped this segment. Do you That's remember that? So that literally happened like two minutes ago. Okay. <laughs> So here's the thing, here's the thing, okay? So after we do the outline, the outline is due the next time you walk into class on paper and on canvas. Why would that be? Peer review. Peer review, but also one of the ways that Weber insists that you, you can't use chat GPT for this class, you know that, right? Like you know that that would be dishonest and plagiarism. Cool, cool, cool. Cool, huh? Um, did you say, could you catch me? Could you catch me? Uh, yeah, they, I put your stuff through algorithms. If I, if they I have I, it. Like, yeah. Like you a paper. I'm gonna make a really nice paper about a subject, okay. and I'm gonna test you. Like I'll make, I'll make. A Do it. I, they, they have, they have stuff that they, that we run it through. Anywho, so what? You just ask it. I know. I know. I've done some weird things with ChatGPT in the past month or so. It's really fun. It remembers everything it writes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Super weird. I said, teach me how to cook like Walter White, and it actually gave you a recipe for how to cook crystal meth. We don't talk about crystal meth in my classroom, which is what he just said. So here's the thing. So what we're going to do is peer grading, right? That was Frenchy that said that. Whoa, what? <laughs> This above all. Shut up, you guys. Listen. So here's the thing. We're going to peer grade your references page, not peer review. Why would that be? Because it needs to be done. Yeah, we've already peer reviewed your individual little APA papers. It's past time. And if you come to me, if you come to me and you say, can you look over my references page to check that it's right? I love that for you, and I like your initiative, but I'm going to say no to your face, right? Because it's past time for you to have, I'm not going to be with you at college. I know that makes you sad, but I'm not going to be with you, right? I'm not going to be there to check it. You have to be able to do it on your own, your own self. No helpsies, right? So it's, it's a pass or fail situation here. It's really not. It's more just points. But I just wanted to really drive it home that, like, no helpsies. You're past help, right? Yes. If we turn it in early, would you be able to no. agree that? Yeah. Nope. This is it. You should oh. be able to do it yourself. You, just, you, If you need help at this point, I have done wrong. You got to grow up. You got to freaking grow up. You know how in Hamilton, Washington says that you need to teach him how to say goodbye? This is me doing that. No more helpsies. You, you got to get it yourself or reap the consequences. Do you know what I'm saying? 
So here's the thing, the day before spring break, right? The day before spring break, the first half of your annotated bibliography is due, okay? And by first half, I mean that stupid introduction and three of your annotations. Once you've done three, the rest you, you, you kind of get into like a rhythm with it, right? And then the whole class period, the day before spring break, is just a writing day for you to write the remaining five annotations. So if you manage your time appropriately, you don't have any homework over spring break, right? And then the Tuesday after spring break, we peer review the full annotated bib, which is the introduction, all eight annotations, and you fix it and turn it in, and then we start research paper two. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, so on this, <laughs> what do you think? Okay. So on this paper right here, this blue one. I've done this before you guys yeah. like I don't know how else to say it <laughs> okay right 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 okay so here is the list of things that you need to have in each annotation here's what's gonna happen if you try to write your annotation without this right by your side it's gonna be obvious yeah we're gonna get there, my friend. Just get, we're gonna get right there. We're just gonna just hold your freaking horses, all of you. Okay? So here's all the information that you need in the order that you need it, right? Again, it's not a hard and fast rule that you have to have it in this order, but I like it in this order because it's easier to find your A. Remember how I taught you the thing where just do exactly what they say, exactly where they say, so it's easier for them to find the A that you deserve? Yes. Same thing here, right? Like, just, just do it in this order, and then it's easy to find it. Okay? So this annotation on the back is written by, by Phoenix. And I kind of miss him today because he did a great annotation. That, that him. He goes to the University of Utah now. He's a really fierce human being, so there's that. Um, so this is his annotation for one of his sources. I need you to take out your six highlighters. Do it. Interesting. Hmm. What are you confused about? Where I'm thinking about it. What? Where is this like in the Oh, I'll, I'll, we'll get there. Okay. We'll get there. Do it. We'll get there. Do it. All right. So, just put your you're going to use you know, all six highlighters plus five of them twice. So, there's that, right? So, just calm down. Just just Okay. So with your, you choose what color comes first. With your first color of highlighter, right, you're going to do a lot of flippies. So get used to it, okay? So on your blue page, what's the first thing that you need to have in your annotation? Okay. So turn this over. You'll see Phoenix has done it appropriately where he has his citation the only line that's touching the one inch margin is the first line. All of the rest is hanging indented. Yes. Super fun, right? So his citation is there. Highlight in your first color where, not the whole sentence, just where does he identify the source type? Scholarly journal article. Highlight that in your first color. And if you want to do like a little key on the back, 
It's it's cute, like I did. You know what I mean? Little flippy flips. You get it. So what's the next thing? We've done the, the type of source. What's the next thing? So there's four things that we need to do for the author. What's the first thing we need to do for the author? Their credentials and their expertise or basically how they're employed. What makes them an expert? So where does Phoenix talk about what makes this author an expert? Also, the main author of this article is also an assistant professorial research fellow at the London School of Economics and Political Sciences, kind of a big deal. This makes him, so this is where he's not just saying what it is, but Phoenix is also saying this makes him an expert regarding the contribution of scholarly information on this topic. No, you cannot. That would be plagiarism. <laughs> I asked. <laughs> I'm sure if you ask nicely. <laughs> no. Okay. So the next one down, the author's level of bias. So a lot of you did a crap job on your outlines talking about the level of bias. Here's where your laziness is going to bite you and your kilo butt. You know what I'm saying? So where does this, where does Phoenix talk about the author's level of bias? The next sentence down, not the full sentence, he says, and no unsupported bias is evident in their writing. Highlight that. I know, right? Phoenix is slick. He's a real slick dude. He was also the kind of person, and I'm sure this would make sense to you, who wouldn't crease his shoes. He like walked like this all the time. But like made it look cooler than I did. But he just would never crease his shoes. That kind of person. The and no unsupported bias is evident in their writing. Mm-hmm. Okay. Then next for the author. Author's level of overall, author's overall purpose with the source. So don't get the bias and the purpose mixed up. Where does Phoenix say the author's overall purpose? Above, the author's main purpose of writing this article was to inform the reader. Crushed it. I would like technically an explanation or backup for this statement. So like the reason, like, and it is, which is made clear by... Right? So how do you know that the author's main purpose was to inform? So it might be a good idea to back up that statement because that's a little bit dangly without some justification there. What's that? Yeah, but he was so great everywhere else, so we're going to let it slide. It's in the same sentence. Exactly. Because some people be like making these paragraphs over a page long and that is a hard pass for me hard pass I don't want to grade that you know what I mean um, okay so the next one is the author's method of persuasion what do we mean by method of persuasion okay so he says the authors use mainly logos to persuade the reader using data statistics and research one thing I want to talk about is how many authors are there how many authors did he examine for credibility? One. If there are two authors in your source, how many authors do you examine for credibility? That's the only exception. Yeah. That's true. You're right. Yeah. Each author of this scholarly journal article has a PhD or MD. Yeah, that's true. But you only technically have to do one. Yeah. Yeah. The first one. 
first one. Okay, so next we're moving on to the outlet credibility. And now here's why this is divided into two parts for a very specific reason. Just because it's a scholarly journal doesn't mean it's peer reviewed. 90% of the time it does, right? But for that extra 10%, you have to state these two things separately, all right? Just because it's a scholarly article doesn't mean it's peer reviewed. And yes, if it's like a New York Times article, it's definitely reviewed because the New York Times has very serious copy editors and fact checkers. That's not the same as peer reviewed. Peer reviewed means that it's reviewed by other experts in the same field. So you can say that it's a credible publication and it's implied that they have copy editors, right? You don't need to say that. The only time you need to mention the peer reviewed is if it is or isn't peer reviewed as a scholarly article. Yeah? For that part, do you want us to quote, like some, for some of my sources, I found like exactly how often it's peer reviewed, like triangularly. Great, put it in, why not? Why not use that information if you have it? Yeah? So you said you don't have to mention it, like you just say whether or not it's peer reviewed. If it's a scholarly article, yeah. yeah. That is peer reviewed. Oh, it is? Yes. Well, it just said, like, when I looked up, it's like, it's not peer reviewed, but. Oh. Yeah. So it's, it's peer reviewed by editors, but not experts within that field is what it is. So, okay. Yeah. That, that's great. I would say that then. Okay. So, so again, the annotated bib is all about just full disclosure, right? So if your outlet isn't credible, like I have somebody doing, I can't remember, but the only way to give a counterclaim for their, for their source was to use a really bonkers right wing publication, right? The only way to represent a counterclaim was to use a publication that is not credible, right? But that's why we have an annotated bib. You can say this is not a credible outlet, but I've included it here because I needed to represent the, the right, exactly, that some, to show the full spectrum of opinion on this topic. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, this is why we do an annotated bib, so if it's not credible, you can disclose that and still use it to prove your point. Does that make sense? Right, okay. So next, we have the outlet credibility. So the reputation and bias and or re reliability of the outlet or journal. So uh, the fact that it's peer-reviewed is number two. So put that in a different color when Phoenix says that it's peer-reviewed. That's a different color. But the rest of the sentence is in the color number one under outlet. So that's the scholarly journal in which this article is published is a nonprofit public health journal making it a credible source. That's what we're talking about, the credibility of the outlet. And then the fact that it's peer-reviewed, technically he needs commas in between these descriptive adjectives, but whatever, Phoenix. Um, the peer-reviewed part is the second bullet point down. I know, it's like a rainbow... So the peer-reviewed part is number two under outlet. Just the words peer-reviewed are covering the number two under the outlet, right? So outlet, number two is peer-reviewed, and then the rest of the sentence is the number one under outlet. It feels like you still are, are not. Okay. Are you sure? Mm -hmm. Cool. It doesn't feel like it, though, but whatever. <laughs> so under outlet, under outlet, you got to do two things. Just the fact that it's peer-reviewed is a separate skill that you have to disclose. That's why we gave it a separate bullet point. So just the words peer-reviewed on the other side are in a different color, essentially, right? 
because it's a different skill that you're identifying, right? Okay, so then under relevance or timeliness, right? Basically what you're trying to say is discuss whether the source was published within the recommended time frame for the specific source type. So how does Phoenix do that? He says, this article was published in 2016, which is considered to be current enough to contribute to a timely conversation on the topic of universal health systems. I know, real smart dude, Phoenix. He's going to the U. You could be friends. What does he look like? That dude. What's that? He's if 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 he. I would get him in my study group. He's a smart dude. That's all I'm saying. I can let him know that y'all are coming if you'd like. Listen, I accidentally talked about you in class. <laughs> what? What? His family. The problem. His family's pretty rich too, so they might pay a ransom. That's all I'm saying. At the what? Dude, I highly endorse this guy. If any of y'all marry him, I will come to the wedding. I will be there. That's all I'm saying. I don't know what his uh, orientation is though. So any of you, it could be any of you. Let's just put it that way. Let's just put it at, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> you divide and conquer. You know what I'm saying? Okay. So here's the thing. Next, we need to do a summary, right? So the summary is you just need to discuss the main ideas of the source. So watch how beautifully Phoenix does this, right? This article, he's going to talk about two separate ideas of the source. This article discusses the effects of England's universal health care program on inequalities related to access to care, quality of care, hospitalizations, and death. Likewise, that's where he's flagging that he's doing a separate point within the source. Likewise, this article recommends ways to monitor how health care can decrease inequalities. Loved it. Crushed it. Health, universal health care. Oh. Mm. Like mm -hmm. Okay, so then the plans for use are twofold. The first thing you have to do is state why this source is relevant and important to your topic as a whole, and then say how exactly it's going to fit into your paper, your research. So he said, I, and notice that he said, I, we're going to talk about that in a second. I will also use this article in my heading that outlines viable solutions to the healthcare issues that the U.S. is currently facing. And before that, he said he'll use this to support his claim. So you got to say whether or not it supports your claim, how it's going to fit into your research, and why it's relevant to the conversation. And you could do that all in one sentence combined if you needed to. Support my claim to be like a different color then? Sure, yeah. But here's the thing. You've got to have all these things. This is exactly what we're going to do in the peer review. Exactly. You don't get to pick and choose or decide what's relevant. You have to have every single thing on the list. This will actually be pretty easy. It is a very easy assignment. But again, acknowledge that it's only easy because I forced you to do all of the hard labor weeks ago. I'm going to be asking for emails with all of these outlines next year. You have them. That's why I printed them. So the introduction, so the way that the paper looks is thusly. Remember I told you that you're just going to write your references page, right? You're going to write your references page. You're going to turn that in beforehand, right?
right? You're going to keep your references page plain as is, make a copy of the document, then you're just going to take your exact references page and literally after the end of the citation, you're just going to enter down, put your paragraph, new citation, put your paragraph, new citation. So it's in the document, just the same as what the references page should be. You're just shoving paragraphs into an existing references page. Yeah. It is like if it, if you're if you're going any longer than this, like you're wasting my time. You got to be more clear and concise. Like I wanted to know stuff about your source, but not that much. Save the information for research paper two, where you're literally going to talk about the sources in depth and detail. Yes. Two things. One, do we need to have a title page for this? Yes, always a title page. And then two, um, do we like include this in our reference page for our no. paper? No. No. So your regular, that's why I say make a copy of the document because you want to keep your regular references page without the annotations to add on to your research paper too. Yeah. For research paper two, are we going to have to, from what I understand, we're not going to have to like explain the author's credibility. Right. So here's the rule of thumb. If you did an annotated bib for that research paper, when you introduce the source formally, you still need to do the author and the title, yeah. but you don't need to talk about why the author matters because this is accompanying your paper. But if you didn't do an annotated bib, when you formally introduce a source, you use full name, full title, and credibility. Does that make sense? But for this one, we just need to do like the book by Jeff Kennedy's title, Diary of Wimpy Okay. But don't use that as a source. Oh, that's not a source? What? Mm -mm. Okay. <laughs> yes. This is the one exception where your title doesn't have to be brilliant. You can just say annotated bibliography. That's all. Right? Or you can put your topic somewhere in there, like annotated bibliography for opioids in America, whatever you want to do, right? Like it can be, it doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to come from your soul. Again, nothing about this paper should come from your soul because you're going to save that soul energy for the culminating assignment in this succession of two classes, which is research paper two. We all understand that, right? Okay. With that being said, we also need to turn now to the... Uh, rubric okay so take a look at this green page here the first thing that you got to look at is that the stupid introduction is 10 points so it's a tenth of your grade for this assignment right so the overall introduction effectively articulates the writer's research claim and gives a thorough assessment of the eight chosen sources right so again you want to make it enough to be a thorough explanation but not so much that you're you know using up all of your brilliance for this stupid part of the assignment that I disagree with right okay so uh, it's a co it's okay when it comes to the writing style it's okay why would you write in first person for this paper why would that be necessary it's literally like dear diary this is why I have included this source you know what I'm saying like y you really are talking about your actual process as a researcher. Yeah. So every single source has an introduction, is it, or is it like no. overall introduction? Your source will look just like this. Notice the name of the author isn't repeated again. The name of the source isn't repeated again. Why? Because it's literally right there. Like it's literally in the citation right above it. So you don't need to be repeating the source names. You don't need to be repeating the authors. None of that. You can just start with this source is. You know what I'm saying? Cool. That's it. it. 
title page and then going straight to the... So it's not, it's going to be a title page, then an introduction for the whole thing, okay. right? So title page and then the top is just, you, you'll put introduction, right? And it'll just say, it'll just give a background information about the source itself, right? I mean, about the topic itself and about how your sources overall fit together. We're talking five sentences, right? We're not talking your opus. Do you know what I'm saying? So then you'll be graded. Oh, so you can write in first person, but don't overuse it. Don't be annoying with it. Just keep in mind that the, the, it should be relatively short, clear, and concise. This will end up being around a seven to eight page paper, ideally. If you're going over that at all, problems, chances are you're just being too verbose. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, okay. One other weird thing about an annotated bibliography is that, I mean, APA matters for every assignment, but especially this one. Some of you are still not hearing me when I say that you have to submit a PDF, but check it before you do. If I had a dollar for every time I had somebody's document with the freaking references page two lines up or two lines below, even though you, I'm sure it was perfect before I uploaded it. Yeah, because I've had to say several times, right? If you're using a cloud document, the formatting gets lost and adjusted when you're turning it into a PDF and submitting it. So what you got to do is go from the cloud, download it to your device, your Word on your device, not as a PDF, but in your Word and on your device. Take a look at the formatting. It, it's in the transfer from the cloud to your device that gets weird, right? So take a look at your device Word, right? The device document, make sure the formatting is good, then make a PDF from the device document. You understand that, right? You see what I'm saying here? Okay, that's what you want. Yeah? Just what you said, seven to eight pages. If you have a ton of sources, you should be like nine to ten. Yeah, about that. Mm -hmm. You got this. Yeah. You do got this. But here's the thing. So keep in mind that all of the components that we just talked about, so we have the type of source, the, the credibility, the summary, all of that, and the relevance when you're talking about how it's being used in your paper, all of that is a separate rubric row worth 20 points, right? So you're grading all eight at one time. If you're clear about the summary for each one, 20 points. If you're clear about the evaluation components for each one, 20 points. If you're clear about the relevance for each one, 20 points. It's really not rocket science, this assignment, right? Then you would be surprised, though, how many people just like poop the bed for no good reason on this assignment, right? So uh, then we have the citations and formatting. And here's the thing. We're going to fix the citations on our peer grading day. So my goal with this assignment is honestly to boost your grade, right? I have held your hand metaphorically through every single component of this rubric, right? So this is a chance to put in 80% effort with 100% payoff in terms of boosting your grade or padding your grade because what percentage of your grade is the annotated bib? 10% of your grade. 10% mm -hmm. of your grade, right? With this one assignment that you've had your hand held through the whole entire time. So the only way that you can mess up on this assignment is if you really want to, right? The blue paper has everything you need. All you need to do is follow that formula every single time and make sure that the formatting is good. If you're still unclear with the formatting, there's a tutorial video in this Canvas module with that one lady who talks about stuff, that lady, right? Um, it, it, it's all available to you. There's, there's really nothing with this assignment that is a good excuse for not getting a full fat A on it. 
Does that make sense? So far so good? Okay. Um, just know that also writing mechanics and writing style is still going to be graded. But again, we're not looking for brilliance here. We're looking for, did I do the things in the order? <coughs> Yay, right? Because again, we're saving our brilliance for later. Do we understand that? Yes. Okay. This is why it's a great assignment for like over spring break or before that and after because your heart and soul doesn't have to be involved. Yes. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. Any big fat questions about the way that this is going forward? Okay. We're not done yet though. You're fine. Um, okay. Oh, you had to tink. I forgot. So, I mean, you can do that, but we're going to talk right here about this outline. No. Okay. Listen, I've been a mom for so long. I've been a mom for how long? 15 years? That's too long. I've been, no. I love you kids. I love them. I know, just in case. Right. Here's the thing. I love, I love them with a ferocity that terrifies me every day. I wouldn't, I love them so much that I'm, I, it's a violent love. We're going to go through the things that have, have historically been confusing for people in the past. Okay. So take a look at these tippity top boxes, right? First, you got to put, you got to actually be looking at the actual paper. Marcus. Isabel. Okay. So these two tippity top boxes, first you put in your research question and then you turn your research question into a thesis. That might feel confusing. So let's practice. Okay. What's your research question, Ellie? The death penalty. Should the death penalty be legal in the United States? Answer that question. No. Great. Fill out the sentence. The death penalty should not be legal in the United States. There you go. There's your thesis. So that's as simple as it is, okay? So your research question, the purpose of your research question is to guide your research. Should there ever be an actual question in your research paper or your annotated no, bib, though? Literally never. What's the only exception for that? The title or a quote of somebody else's source, never in your source. So your research question should never appear in question form. It should always just appear in the form of a statement that is also your thesis. Shall we practice one more? Who wants to offer up their research question? I think you should just pick on something. All right, Joshua. Research question. Is the physician assisted suicide Answer your question. Yes, physician assisted suicide. Oops. What's the problem with what he just did? Yes. If you start it with yes, then you're implying a question that's second person. So fix it. Physician assisted suicide should be legal in the United States. That's a thesis. What is that? That sounds like an interesting topic. Where a physician kills you. Doctors kill you when you ask for it. That should be legal. I respect that. Listen, read his paper. You'll find out more. You know what I'm saying? Me? I just told you I'm willing to murder. <laughs> Put me on that list. Okay. So do we need to talk any more about how to convert your research question into a thesis? Do we understand what we're doing there? Okay. The next thing that could possibly be confusing is this. So here we have each of your headings are on this outline two separate times. Why? Because the first time the heading is on your outline, 
we're just, I need y'all to focus. The first time your heading is on your outline, it's just a preview of the aims of each heading and the conclusion of each heading. Aims of each heading, conclusion of each heading, right? But then each heading has its own individual breakdown. Heading one, heading two, heading three, that's where you take apart your supporting sources, your counterclaim sources, what quotes you're gonna pull, how they connect, all that fun stuff, right? And then let's all look on the last page together. 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 Huh? The conclusion page. Are we? Yeah. Okay. All right. So, like, I'm thinking, like, in terms of Game of Thrones, Queen of Thorns. Am I right? Like, is that my vibe? Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Do you know what I'm talking about, Queen of Thorns? Marjorie's grandma. That lady. You know what I'm talking about? Okay, so here's the thing. There's an addition to the conclusion section here. Okay? This is new, and it's because this is, you'll see this in most of your scholarly sources as well, right? You're talking about the dilemma of your topic. You're talking about the pros and cons of it. And at the end of the day, you need a section in your solution, in your, in your conclusion that talks about, the number one, the solutions that have been offered by the authors that you've examined, right? And number two, your solutions without using second or first person pronouns. So don't say, I think, I feel. This problem should be dealt with in this way. Just state it as a fact because you've spent eight pages proving it, right? So don't, there's no more, I think, I feel. Yeah? What if you like, feel like the same solutions that your authors provide? Should you try to come up with something? No, just nope, just restate it. All right. Right? And you're just, you can just target you can just target their solutions that you agree with and highlight them in this section. Okay. You don't have to separate those two things. Okay. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So solutions offered by such and such, such and such author are that blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. This is an ideal solution to this issue. That's it. Can you give right? an example for like your own solution? I'm sorry, I'm really bad at this second, first person stuff. Just like, I just I, said it. But you did with the author, though. How do you, with like your claim, like... Your claim is the author's claim. Oh, okay. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't need to separate the two. Okay. Do you know what I mean? You're yeah. saying the solutions offered by such and such are the ideal conclusions. In in that statement is your claim embedded into their yeah, claims. Yeah, yeah. Do you see what I'm saying? Yes. Yeah, I yeah. follow now. Mm -hmm. No problem. Okay, so do you understand that this outline is due on paper, even though there's a digital option, but if you choose the digital option, you have to print it out before class. And what happens if you're late to class on a peer review day? No peer review. No, you can peer review, but you were probably late because of printing, and I'm not going to give you credit for the printed version, right? But if you do it by hand, you can just walk in with the by hand paper. You don't have to type it. Oh, oh, and one more thing. I am not looking for beautiful writing on this. No complete sentences. We're just bullet pointing this. Do you understand that? We're bullet pointing it. The whole thing. The whole outline is due next class, along with a picture of your yellow paper that you've already completed. Right? Mm-hmm. Yep. All right, guys.